Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 64. I'm your co-host, Keith. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you go back and check out our last episode, the Kells Barnett interview. It was really a dope episode. Kells came through and was dropping gems about building a team, hard work, how to cut and paste once you've had that level of success, and so much more. Honestly, it was great having a Harlem dude in the building because he just brought the vibe and energy. So definitely go check that out. Facts. It was a really good episode, and we got a lot of information from him pertaining to what he's doing with his businesses. So go check out the previous episode. He wasn't our only Harlem person we have. We did have Ali Gates as well, and he was a great person. They have two distinctive personalities, (laughs) so that was really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So definitely check out the interview. Let us know your thoughts about it, and reach out to him on social media. Like he said, he likes to be around good energy. So if you want to be around somebody positive, good vibes and energy, then that's the kind of person you need to be around. Definitely, definitely. So let's get into it. So currently what's going viral on social media, which you find to be very interesting, is Virgil Abloh. He was recently named the head of Louis Vuitton, but he's known for his street brand Off-White, which kind of got him to the status where he's at now. In any event, you know, of course, you being that influential and having that kind of position, you're going to have a team of people behind you. There was a recent pictures of his team. Now, Louis Vuitton is based out of Italy, so... The concerning factor is a diversity debate because a picture when it was posted, it's literally all white people. Um, there's really no black person in the pictures. He's probably the only one. <laughs> and someone had recently wrote under when he had posted the original pic about like, so you don't believe in diversity. It's interesting enough that he actually took the picture down. But the question still remains the same when it comes to that believing in diversity especially being that he's in such a powerful position and the fact that he's in this position and there's no other person of color or black people to be more specific that is a part of your team I would hate for the black people a part of his team to be a janitor or something but where is the diversity and it's crazy because he did an interview with the cut last year really speaking about wanting the fashion industry to have representation and representing different groups and everything of that nature and to kind of make a difference in the world you know fashion it leads it makes that kind of difference when it comes to having diversity pertaining to these top branded companies it's great that he's in this position you know the fact that he's worked as hard as he did and the fact that he's a black man leading Louis Vuitton but the question remains the same where does the diversity lie like as we work our way up the ladder you know you always want to make sure you're bringing on other people with you you always want to make sure you're helping out other people definitely i would hate to know that he only got to where he's at without the help of any black person or any person of color within his camp so i question why he took the photo down because if it's like if you're for diversity and you feel like you didn't do anything wrong and that's really your staff and your team and you plan on building and growing it you should just left it as is and address the person in question but the fact that he took it down just looked kind of like do you feel guilty? Seem like you have something to hide or it just looks a little shady. And the reality is, is that if some of us are put in these positions where we have position of power, it's only right that we help out other people and bring them up, especially people that look like us, because we can't create change and diversity in these rooms and in these meetings if we're not including other people that look like us. You know, it's not just about one of us making it, it's about all of us making it. And the fact that his brand Off-White is a street brand, which pulls from like urban black culture and community, you worked hard to build this brand that the core of it is really black culture and community if it's urban. And then now you're a leader of Louis Vuitton 
and granted I know it's based in Italy but it's like where are you implementing that type of diversity because right. they clearly thought of you being a unique individual to have a part of their team and to grow their business and brand and they thought of it because of the brand you created that was based off of a core group of people that you don't have a part of your team so that's really crazy how that turned out but I hope that he actually addresses it because it was suck that you know everybody was rooting for you even I was rooting for you like I'm so happy to see that he's in this position it's like I don't know I don't know yeah it makes me think about the situation with the coolest monkey in the jungle situation with H&M because diversity is really so important like we both live in New York City and it's like yeah. the melting pot of the world so you go outside you're going to see different people of all backgrounds races creeds sexes and that's all people are asking for to have that same diversity that the world has in these businesses mm-hmm. especially in the fashion industry where there is that lack of diversity, even when it comes to the type of models and the body types that they promote. So I think this is a problem in the fashion industry in general when it comes to having diversity and just being like a real depiction of what the actual world looks like. And it kind of sucks, again, like you mentioned, because Virgil is a person of color. He is in one of the highest positions in the fashion industry working under Louis Vuitton. So you would think that understanding he should have a diverse team And that's going to create just an even better product out there for Louis Vuitton. And it makes me kind of think about myself in in my work environment, because since I started working about, I don't know, 12 years ago or so, Mm -hmm. oftentimes I was the only black person, only person of color in my situation. So I want to be kind of sensitive the way I say this, because I think it's really important, like you said, you should try to help people who look like you to bring them up and give them, create opportunities that may be lacking from them. But I think going at it from the perspective that diversity is going to give any company, any organization, anything that you're doing, it's going to give it the best shot at being successful because different backgrounds, different experiences are going to just add to that collective brand and and make it, again, a real representation of what the world looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that he actually took down the picture, that kind of speaks volumes because he probably is looking at like, oh, shit, they definitely are right, and I'm not trying to get the heat on this. Mm -hmm. So these iconic brands have been facing issues when it comes to diversity, and they actually are trying to implement steps to address that. So I'm very curious to see what's going to be the the reaction from Virgil and from Louis Vuitton, because in this day and age, I would be shocked if they don't address this head on. Yeah, that would be crazy if they don't. What would you want to see that you think would fix the situation? Because for me personally, after the whole Coolest Monkey in the Jungle incident happened, I haven't shopped at H&M ever since. And again, I have no beef with them. I don't think about them at all. But I just choose to not spend my money at that brand because for me, it just doesn't make sense. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, I'm just really disappointed. The only thing that he can do is, of course, add black people, but it's like you're adding them now because of what was said. It's like, do you really believe in the people that you're adding on your team? Do you believe in their talent? Do you believe in their work? Or are you just adding them for tokenism purposes? So I, at this point, even if he was, it wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, it would be like, no, someone shouldn't even have to tell you that. 
because you got to where you at off for the strength of that, that it was a lack of diversity and you've noticed that. So I just look at him a little differently. I'm like, oh, that's what you are. You one of those. You know, you have some black people that's for the culture and the community, like really and throughout and want to uplift. And then you have those that put on a front and they act like they are. And they when they make it, it's like, oh, bye to everybody else. So just like I had said in a previous episode about like people leaving the hood, like they leave and forget everybody else behind. So when it comes to that, it would be nice if he add people. But for me, it's like, what's the basis of you adding people so you won't get that spotlight and people won't look at you in a negative way? I mean, I already see you differently now. So I would rather he have a candid conversation about it, like really like I deleted this, but it, it goes by your actions. And then again, it could be his publicist decision. Not quite sure. But the but at the end of the day, it needs to not only fall on him, but the company Louis Vuitton. Right. It makes me question, why did you view him to be a part of the company and to be a part of that team? What about everybody else right. that have fashion brands out there and trying to build up? Like, what made him so unique? So it's really something for Louis Vuitton to take up and him as well jointly. And maybe he don't have control over who was added on his team, which is another conversation to have. But I don't necessarily want to believe that because yeah, I doubt that highly. you had so much power to get to where you're at. I really don't want to believe that you didn't play a part in the type of people you would have a part of your team. So... Um, it makes me question a lot of things, but I don't know what he can do to do better. But yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, it kind of sucks because instantly I kind of wanted to defend him and be like, maybe he doesn't have the power to bring on the people that he may want to. But I'm like, your title is director. You can hire people. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have someone above him saying, oh, yeah, you can't hire that person. So granted, this is going to be something that Louis Vuitton is going to have to deal with. But I think a lot of this falls on him. And I'm just very curious to see what they actually do in terms of dealing with the situation. So in other news, the mayor of Baltimore is actually undergoing a real scandal. Mayor Catherine Paul, she's an author and she created and wrote a book series called Healthy Holly. And the book was intended to promote healthy eating and exercising habits for children. So that sounds all great and everything, but according to the Baltimore Sun, Kaiser Permente paid about 114000 to purchase about 20,000 copies of the book between 2015 and 2018. In addition to that, the University of Massachusetts, which Catherine Paul sat on the board for, also purchased about 500,000 copies of the book between 2012 and 2018. Now, you may be asking yourself, like, what is the issue with these organizations purchasing copies of her book? And the issue there is she's in a position of power and she's getting these large contracts and large payouts from these corporations and, like in the case with the university, these schools, that she has a, a direct influence with and there's actually an fbi investigation going on at the moment and ironically like the way virgil actually just took down the post Catherine actually resigned and had stepped down from her position as mayor once this whole scandal took place and there's been a lot of controversy around how it was handled about the amount of money that she's making because of this and the fact that there was a government shutdown because of this incident that occurred. What are your thoughts about the incident, Key? Um, I think it's crazy, but it's a typical kickback situation. Yeah. So I'm not really surprised. It seemed like it's the year <laughs> scandals with this and the college stuff. Like the HSBCUs? Um, well, that too. Oh. No, I'm talking about 
the families oh, okay. who are yeah, yeah. getting their kids into schools being a part of the wonderful one percent um with this, I mean, it's kickback is a typical thing, and I think a lot of politicians play a part in it where they are getting a hefty amount of funds right. from certain people or representatives of an organization of that nature, and they're getting stuff back in return. It's just unfortunate that it happened the way they did when they raided her place. Right. But, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. I just don't understand why she can't speak to it instead of saying it's her health. I'm like, is it really your health? Or is the fact that this happened and you don't really want to address it head on and really be honest about everything that was said. So I'm not quite sure how that plays a part in everything, but I would definitely say that that's kind of crazy, especially since her book seems like it has so much momentum. I was like, did you have to go that route? Now that's a large sum of money. 114,000 over the span of three years is a lot of cash. So that's like really questionable as well. But I think there's a lot going on in Baltimore. Like if it ain't this and it's the Freddie Gray situation, it's just a lot going on when it comes to that. But I don't know. I feel like this is what politicians do. Right. But I feel like when it's us, they drag it. I was just. They I'm, like just drag. Like, it's like, bro, you know how many of y'all up in there doing shit and y'all didn't even like. Yeah, y'all raided her home. Like, raided her crib. Like, it was like. But my thing is, what was raiding her crib going to do? Like, you had to look through all of her belongings. Like, I just didn't even understand the basis of that. But I guess that's their protocol. But right. I just feel like when it's people of color and black people, we commit crimes, it gets dragged out. And they just try to, like, make it more than what it is. But what she did, I was like, oh, oh this happens all the time. Right. But the way they're going about it to me is like, I think it's just a bit aggressive. Because I'm just like, if she was a white male, like, would this have been the case? And it's funny because another representative in the state was like he wants a full-on investigation i'm like well if she was someone else would you want a full-on investigate like to me it's like come on let's let's keep it what it is because my thing is the reality is if you hold politicians accountable for the crimes that they do this shit won't be going on true because she feels comfortable like to me it's like you got for three years one hundred fourteen thousand, but then you ain't stopped there you got it from the university for like you know what I'm saying like well, what they got like 500,000 about yeah. 500,000 dollars for the car it's like what the hell and, and it's a, span a children's book of si- like and it's a children like it's <laughs> like sucks. what who who's reading all of these books like it's like 6 years you get so to me it's like first of all you when i see a like a consistent crime with someone that to me in my mind is like you're comfortable doing what you're doing cuz you know you're not going to get caught and also there's a level of privilege because you just assume you can do that and i think in her mind it's like i assume i can do it and get away with it because guess what other politicians do it as well white males white women they do it and they get away with it. and i think it ties back to the when i said this is the whole year of schemes a college scheme and they still finding families they're still reporting people who are part and i'm like damn this should be going on for like a month now y'all still ain't get everybody and the reason why is because people you feel comfortable to do those things because you created a system and you're not going to get caught and it's no checks and balances so it is what it is so with her, I was just like, wow, you're hella comfortable. And I could understand why, because we're not holding politicians accountable. A lot of politicians do kickback. They find very creative ways of doing it. But if you're not holding them accountable, that's why when these politicians talk about they raise this amount of money, it's like, did you really raise that organically? Did you did you really get it organically? Or did you have a sponsor or two or three? And then once you just get into whatever position you want to run for, all of a sudden, your platform starts to change because that's how they get you. They tell you the platform, this is what we're going to vote on. Yes, we all for the people. 
but it's they really for the people who are putting money in their pockets. And then once that happens and they make it, the platform changes in some aspects and then come to find out as you dig a little deeper, it's because that person gave money towards them. So they trying to make sure that person, whatever they request is being fulfilled, which I find to be very interesting. That's why when they, when politicians obtain a lot of funds, especially now pay attention on these presidential, cause like we got like 30 Democrats and like with three Republicans. So pay attention to the amount of money that, and it's like, where are they getting this money from? Because don't be surprised down the road, all of a sudden their rhetoric starts to change. And it's like, but this wasn't what she was preaching on before. And I get everybody got to eat. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you, you got to, I get it. But it's like, is this the way you want to eat? Because what happened in the dark comes to light. And to me, I don't know. When it comes to crime and shit as a black person, I don't feel like doing it. Because I feel like we get dragged out. We get the more punished to the point it's like, what the fuck? You know, and to sit up here and have the conversation, well, so-and-so didn't get it, which is a valid conversation to have. It's a valid point to bring up, in my opinion. At the end of the day, whether it's brought up or not, things are not followed through accordingly. So, but I think, hey, shoe fit. She got to do what she got to do. Well, I would like for her to come forward and be candid about what really happened instead of her taking a fall. Because it makes me question, was it all her? Was other people a part of this? Is she taking accountability for all of those people? Like... What other aspects of it is, because she's only talking about her health, saying that she's not fit. You was fit up until a couple of weeks ago before the FBI came to your place. So what happened? Um, but we'll see as this story develops, you know. It probably is actual health reasons because she's stressed. The FBI well, pulled could, up. Yeah, I mean, they pulled up. <laughs> that stress is no joke. And I'm actually really glad that you said that. And that's something that I love about us doing this podcast because it actually allows me to have a voice and talk about these serious topics. Because when I first found out about this incident from you, the first thing I realized, I'm like, okay, she's a black woman who's a mayor. And like you said, they're dragging it right now because literally that's what politicians do. They get money from lobbyists and from all these different places, from the Russian government. Like they just they find different ways to to collect money. Hey, Putin. Exactly. <laughs> and that thought came into my mind and I'm glad that you brought it up because I'm curious to see like does that really play a factor in it? Like are there other mayors out there who are making tons of money through services or things that they're providing but she just happens to be a woman of color and they're just like all right we're gonna get her on this one and then that also makes me think about we as people of color we need to kind of understand that concept that unfortunately that's how our system works the politicians are gonna fight for and deal with the issues that they're going to be paid to fight for and deal with. That's why there's literally an entire system called lobbies where they lobby for gun rights or for pro-life, whatever the different lobbying or sugar lobbyists. Mm. These organizations and these businesses, they know what they want from the politicians and they kind of band together and provide what they know is going to make actual change, which is money. And I think we need to kind of look at the system and realize, like, listen, that's the system that we're living in. So we need to be aware of that and kind of figure out how do we work within that system to create the change that we want. Because if we're all putting our money together and we're supporting politicians, basically we have to have them going behind the services, the laws that are going to make a difference for our communities. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. In my mind, I think voting is important. It's one of our rights as American citizens, but voting isn't enough. What actually generates the change 
is the money that goes behind these politicians to take these actions, create these laws, and make that real change. So I think that's something interesting to think about, like, how do we go about making these politicians stand behind the causes that we actually care about? Word. We'll see what happens with this incident, yeah. but I'm I'm hoping that this kind of creates a bigger conversation in terms of our politics and our politicians because listen if the president is shady like that clearly shows you that there's something wrong with the system and we have to address it valid so on this episode of coach p's dropping gem guys i want to talk to you guys about financial health because that's a real important area of your life and a lot of people have trouble in this area So studies have shown that financials are actually the largest issue when it comes to divorces because this can be a major stressor on people's lives. So consistent unchecked stress is like the mortal enemy of health and wellness. So we want to be able to manage that as much as possible. So my goal for this episode, just to give you guys some simple yet effective tips that you can apply and that will change the trajectory of your financial health. So the first one that I want to go into is credit should be your best friend. Many people are really plagued with credit card debt, and it doesn't have to be this way. Credit card companies hate people like myself because to this day, I have not paid one penny when it comes to interest on my credit card, but I've racked up thousands of dollars in reward points and have built up a credit score of over 800. And just to give you a little reference, 850 is the max. And I don't say that stuff to brag about it. I say it because you have to really understand how it works so you can make the best of that situation and make it work for you versus it being a detriment to your life. So you may ask, how have I done this? And the answer is really simple. I literally only use my credit card for money that I can pay off right there in the moment. So if I'm buying breakfast and it's five bucks, I'll put it on my card. And then the moment that pops up in about two or three days, I'll automatically pay that. So I'm constantly making payments to my credit card throughout the month because I'm using the card as pretty much as cash. Now, the key here is to make that payment before you actually gain any interest because that's where the credit card companies get you. If you make those minimum payments, you're going to be getting interest on your card, and then that balance is going to constantly be growing. And then people get caught up in the trap of just paying a little bit of the balance. The balance is growing, and then they just out of nowhere realize they've paid way more money than they've actually initially spent. So it's really important, again, when it comes to credit cards, you want to make sure you're really using it for the money that you can afford to pay off right there in the moment. And it's really good to look into cards with rewards. That way, if you're using it, not only are you building good credit because you're paying on time and you're good with your history, but you're getting rewards, which you can use for cash back, you can use for travel, or you can use it for gift cards. So that's one tip I want you guys to apply that will make a quick difference. Secondly, it's 15 for your future. So this is a simple concept, but again, very powerful. The concept is basically learning to pay yourself first. And when I say 15 for your future, I'm referring to 15%. And the way it works is anytime you get paid, whatever amount that is, and I like to use 15% as my number, you can always adjust it accordingly for your budget. 
but you take that amount of money and then you transfer it over to your savings account. And when you get into the habit of doing that, you're basically paying yourself to do whatever you want to do, whether it's starting a business, whether it's investing, whether it's having a, a fund of cash on the side for a rainy day. But the main thing in this tip is consistency and making it automated. We pay taxes without even thinking about it. We have to pay taxes for the government, and that goes out automatically right when we get our paychecks or when we're making purchases. But we're so quick and comfortable paying the government, but we don't think about, I need to pay myself first for things that I may want to do. And that's where the 15 for your future comes in. And the way I like to do it, I set up a automatic transfer from my checking account right into my savings account on the day that I get paid. I think that's one of the biggest tips that I could provide when it comes to that because one, you're going to be creating that nest egg over time and you can't use the excuse that I don't have enough money to save because if you made $10, 15% of that is $1.50. You just put that away. But as you start to make more and more money, that 15% will just increase over time. So I think that's the beauty about it. You don't have to save a specific amount. It's about creating those habits that are going to change the trajectory of your financial health in the long term. And the final one that I wanted to give you guys is to contribute to your retirement plan. So I understand with retirement, it can be very confusing. There's so many different aspects of it. So I just want to talk about two points of that, and that's a 401k and IRA. So the 401k, the way that works is if you have an employer, you can contribute to your employer's 401k plan every paycheck, and that money gets put to the side and invested for your retirement that you can take out when you're about 59 to 65 years old. And the cool thing about the 401k plan is this money would come out of your paycheck before you actually get it, so you don't see that money leaving. And then some companies will actually match that payment. So at my last job, they matched up to 3% of the money that I contributed. So I always advise people, listen, if your employer is going to match your contribution for your retirement fund, you should at the very least contribute up to the amount that they're going to match. So if they're going to match 4%, you can put 4% of your paycheck into your 401k and have them match it. Now, not everyone has a 401k, whether your company doesn't offer one or you're maybe a self-employed person. So in that instance, the option here is the IRA. And again, to just keep this super simple, an IRA is an individual retirement account that you can just set up with your bank where you would just put the money into that account for your retirement and your bank will invest it for you. And the cool thing with IRA, all you can contribute each year, at least as of this year, is $6,000 for the year. So it's not a huge amount of money. And as long as you plan it out, like I said before, with the automation you can kind of plan this around your checking your, your checks that you get each month. That way, whenever you're getting paid, you're making sure to take your 15% to put away for your savings, and you're taking a, a little piece of that away for your retirement account. And I think the beauty about money that a lot of people don't realize, your biggest ally when it comes to money is time and consistency, especially when it comes to investing. So if you're doing these things on a regular basis and you're consistent with it, over time you're going to see a dramatic growth in that money. And that's a beauty because you want to be able to have that financial freedom for yourself, which is going to cause you having less stress in your life, more freedom to do the things that you want to do. 
and just overall just live your best life. So those are my three tips, guys. And I'm just going to end it off by just letting you guys know some apps that I suggest to check out. So the first app will be Credit Karma. It's super amazing. It's free. You sign up for Credit Karma, and you can monitor your credit score, see exactly where it's at, track the changes as it goes up and down in real time. And it's really cool because it tells you what credit cards it thinks you can apply for that you will get. And it also lets you know why your credit score has changed. And once you start to see the things that you're doing that are actually affecting your score, you can just start working to taking those positive actions. The second app is Robinhood. And this one is really cool also because it offers free stock trades. And when I say free, it's actually free. So you basically would set up this Robinhood account to your banking account, and you can do no-fee transactions where you're purchasing stocks online. And the reason they're able to do this is because they don't have any huge fancy offices. So they save a lot of money on overhead, which they pass down to us, the consumer, to allow us to dibble and dabble in the stock market at no cost. So if you're interested in investing and you don't want to go through one of these bigger brokerage firms or banks, definitely look into the Robinhood app because it's free and it just gives you that opportunity to start dabbling in that world. And finally, it's the Acorn app. So if you have issues when it comes to investing and you maybe you're worried about taking time to save money, the Acorn app is really cool because what it does is you link it with your debit or credit card. Any purchase that you make, it automatically rounds it up. So if you spend a dollar and sixteen cents, it's gonna round it up to two dollars and it's gonna take that change and start investing it in whatever investments you've already set up. And I love that concept in the name because Acorn, it's like squirrel saving it's over the winter. They they packed away little by little throughout the summer. So when the wintertime comes, they have their acorn stocked away and they can survive. So that's what this app does. It doesn't do anything major. All it does is round up the little bit of change that you otherwise would have probably just not used or gave as a tip and it takes that money and invest it for you. So those are my tips and those apps that I think will definitely make a real difference in your lives when it comes to your financial health. Definitely reach out on social media or send us an email unapologeticallydifferent at gmail.com if you have any questions about it. I love talking about that these topics because I think when it comes to just being the best version of yourself, all of these things matter, whether it's your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, or your financial health. These things are important, and when you learn how they work and how to manage them, it's going to give you the best results for your life. Okay, so what suggestions do you have for like millennials who have multiple jobs and they don't really have any financial guidance? I think the biggest thing when it comes to that, it's really about you have to be willing to take it into your own hand and take mm-hmm. like take control of that situation. I think the 15% where you save that money, that's like so important because once you create that habit, it doesn't matter how much money you're making, mm-hmm. but you're going to start seeing your money save up and you're going to start seeing it grow and and that's the thing about habits. Once you do it and you do it long enough, I think they say about 21 to 30 days is when you really create a habit. Mm-hmm. Once you start to do that, you don't have to think about it. And that's why I'm really a big fan of like the automation. Because let's even if you're making like if you have a part time job, you're making about a hundred bucks a week. Mm-hmm. If you take that fifteen dollars and you have your bank automatically transfer that money and you put that fifteen bucks away, 
granted, if you get paid twice a month, that's going to be $30. But the most important thing is creating these habits. The habits are what's going to actually create your life for you. If you exercise on a regular basis, you're going to have an amazing body. If you like to eat junk food on a regular basis, you're going to see how that affects your body as well, too. So that's why I'm really big when it comes to finances. You have to create the consistent habits that are Mm going to create the results that you want. And that's why the 15%, I just get really passionate about it because no one can tell me that I can't take 15 cents from my dollar to put away. This way you don't have to worry about the amount of money you're making. It's about creating the habit. And I think that's the most important thing. Well, on our show, we interview a lot of entrepreneurs. And being an entrepreneur, you don't have a consistent job. You don't have a consistent money coming in. So what advice do you give to those people? So for entre- How can you save and build and do all of that when you don't have like consistent paychecks coming in? I think when it comes to that, it's about being willing to make the sacrifice. I think entrepreneurs, they sacrifice their time and being able to do things that other people do on a regular basis, like working nine to five, being free on the weekend. They're willing to make those sacrifices for their entrepreneurial endeavors. And I think when you really want to create financial freedom for yourself, you have to be conscious about that and create sacrifices for yourself as well when it comes to that. To give you an example, when I was younger, when I first started working, I was very extreme with it. Let's say I made $300. I would take the 200, I'd automatically put it into my savings account, mm-hmm. and I basically budget it out. I have $100 for the next two weeks. I'm gonna spend $5 a day. I'm gonna get an iced tea for lunch um, after school and some french fries, and I have 250 to buy a Metro card to go mm-hmm. to work. And I basically sat down and realized this is how much money I'm spending every week, this is how much I need to spend for necessities like food transportation and this is like the discretionary cash that I was using for like going shopping or fun things that Mm -hmm. I wanted to do Mm -hmm. so I think it's about really stepping back really looking at the overall picture seeing where your money is being spent and realizing okay where do I not need to be spending this money where can I save and granted it's not going to be easy because sometimes you just work your ass off And especially if you're not getting paid what you want for that work that you're putting in, especially as an entrepreneur, it sucks that you may not be able to have the the cash that you want at the moment. But I think it's so important to think about your future because it's so easy to look at the present moment. But so many people, when they actually get to retirement and get into older ages of life, they're struggling big time because they haven't made it a priority to take care of themselves for when they are not working. We have this concept of we're going to work, work, work until we can retire. Mm -hmm. But people don't think, well, when I retire, I don't have an income coming in. So especially with entrepreneur, I think it's even more important. You have to be the one to take control of that situation and start planning for retirement because you don't have a 401k that your company can provide and help you out with if you put money into it. Or you don't have a pension if you're working at, like, I don't know, the MTA or something. You don't have a pension that they're going to give you a paycheck Mm -hmm. until you die. Like So as an entrepreneur... I think taking control of that situation is very important, and that's why I wanted to put these tips out there. I think having that knowledge is the most important thing. We learn about Pythagorean theorems and chemistry and all this stuff in school, but none of that stuff actually you really apply in real life. But people need to understand how their money works, how credit works, Mm -hmm. what's the best way to create wealth 
to invest. Those are the things that are real tangible problems that people are dealing with on a daily basis, but we don't make it a priority for people to learn and understand that. So that's why I'm very passionate about this stuff, and I try to share it as much as possible. And I just want to give a quick shout-out to my boy Hayden. He came to me and talked to me Mm -hmm. about his financial health in terms of his credit cards and how it was pretty bad. First thing I told him to do, download the Credit Karma Act so you could just deal with the reality of the situation. What's your credit score? What's the problem? And why is it so low? And then we worked out a payment plan that worked for him to kind of get his debt down. And I'm getting hype about this, but over like the course of three months, his credit score jumped about 300 points. And I'm just like, that's pretty amazing because he, he did little things in terms of finding out what was the problem and creating a plan to actually start to pay his stuff down Mm -hmm. and prioritizing it. And people don't realize credit is a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Jay-Z said it. Like, credit is huge. So if you learn how it works and you make the most of it, you can use that to buy a house. You can use that to buy a car. You can use that to get a loan to start a business. So you want to understand how these things work so you can utilize it and make the most of it. It's not something that's so scary and like so hard to understand. It just it hasn't been prioritized in our society in terms of our education system. And that's why I just try to be an advocate to try to teach people what I've learned that's added value for me when it comes to that. That's good. That's what's up. And shout out to Hayden and all of those who have been tuning in, paying attention to the podcast and also about his financial portion. Hopefully you got a lot from this show and you could apply it to what you're doing currently in your life. Thank you for tuning in, guys. This is actually the final episode of season eight. So we're going to be going on our normally scheduled breaks after each season. We're definitely going to still be posting on social media and we have some great things in store coming up for the new season. So guys, definitely stay tuned for that make sure you're following us on all those social media platforms to stay up to date with everything that we've got going on you want to add anything key yeah it's been a great season so make sure you stay up to date listen to all of our previous episodes on all the platforms that we're on can't wait once again thank you for tuning in make sure if you haven't done so already you purchase our ringtone playing all silky smooth in the background for android users you can do that at the tune store and for Apple users, you can do that at the iTunes store. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore, and you can make donations to our Patreon account by searching unapologetically different. And finally, you can find all of our shows on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and now Stitcher by searching unapologetically different. Stay tuned for our next episode. Bye.